0: Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi From Around the World. I'm Andy Parry and today we are going to France. So, bonjour et bienvenue en France. Which is, hello and welcome to France in French. So, slight smugness today as I actually can speak a little bit of French. So, my other half, she's French and her family are French. So, I, I can just about speak enough French that me and the other half can have a private conversation in front of the kids without them understanding in French and we can, you know, talk about what the kids are doing and how annoying they are in front of them without them knowing. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, So today for France, we are looking at Planet of the Apes by Pierre Boulle, translated by Zan Fielding and the copy I have is published by Vintage Books. So when i chose france as a as a country to look into for for this project i just assumed that it'll probably be just a reread of a jules verne classic or but then i did look again uh hoping that there'd be some more modern french sci-fi because there's some really cool french sci-fi um movies and things like that so i did look up so i did google kind of french science fiction and french science fiction authors and then almost top of the list after Jules Verne was Pierre Ball and Planet of the Apes uh, and I loved the films as a, as a kid and I love the remakes as an adult as well so you know I'm a huge fan of all of the Planet of the Apes films and I'm sure there's a tv series when I was growing up as well but I might have made that up um so yeah so when this came up I was just like oh cool it was a book and it just never occurred to me that Planet of the Apes was actually based on a book. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, yeah, definitely I'm getting that. So purchased a copy straight away. And, and the book is, is similar to the films. And you can see how even the more modern films have gone back to the book. Actually, probably not the, the, the really recent ones, like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I don't think they probably went back to the original book. I think they just took the book as the concept. No, they did. Yeah. So I think all of the films have, have gone back to the books and and, and, and pulled something out of the book and put it into their film, which is really cool because there is, so the original film with Charlton Heston is probably 90% the same as, as the book. And then, and the, and the more, I guess the sequels like Return to the Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes are just sequels. They're, they're not to do with the book at all. But yeah, it's really cool. And I'm I'm really happy that I've discovered this book. Uh, again, this is, this is one of those things about this project, but it, it's made me find really cool books and, and have chats with really interesting people. And, and this is one of the highlights of the project. So I'm probably, I'm not recording the podcasts as I go along. I'm probably two years into the project and this is only the second podcast I've done on this. You know, before I was just doing a blog um, (laughs) with about, I think, two people have ever seen that blog and and one of those is me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm never going to take over the world with that that blog. So I thought I'd start a podcast. Um, So I'm probably, like, 20-odd books in to this project and and definitely Planet of the Apes has been has been a massive highlight for me but just because I could you know revisit the the story and, and and go to the original book that everything was based on that it's become such a you know like I'm a huge science fiction movie fan so something like Planet of the Apes has just been a cult thing that's always been there and yeah it's massively quoted and everything like that it's wicked so yeah so I I don't think I have to tell anybody what the book's about, but just in case someone has been living under a rock and never hunt heard of planet of the apes. Um, in this story, three, uh, a scientist and a journalist. So there's just two of them Travel to the Beetlejuice system and their spaceship it takes them a couple of years to get there. There is some weird science in there about how they accelerate and then decelerate And all that kind of stuff, but you know, it's science fiction. It's fine. It's pre, it's pre the Apollo missions. Yeah. It's 1962, 1963, 1963. Um, so they land on a planet and it's populated by intelligent apes and mankind or people that look like mankind are, are slaves and experimented on and, and you know, it's that massive role reversal of like how we on Earth treat monkeys on the oh, this name of the planet Soror. Soror, I think the planet is named. I think the, the, the main character names the planet Soror. So we treat monkeys like pets and have them in zoos and experiment on them and do scientific tests on them. On Soror, the monkeys do the same to humans. So it's uh, a bit of a social mirror on on humankind I guess. But yeah, so you know um I'm not gonna give away the twist at the end of the the book. Obviously there are oh, I can't believe no one has knows the twist at the end of the film. So of the of the original film. But yeah, I don't know. Nah, stuff it. <laughs> it's a chance then, you know, they got the massive scene. It was earth all along and it was set in the distant future. Um so the twist in the book is different. And 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 I'm so glad that the twist in the book is different. And I'm so glad when they made the films, they didn't do the same twist. And I just thought, so I I was so when, even reading the book, there was a twist, you know. And I've seen all the films, so yeah, I, I yeah. Hopefully, you can tell how happy I am about this book because it is brilliant, and I recommend it to everybody. So highlights for me in the book. Uh, I mean, one of the massive, massive highlights for me was the, the main character's name, which was Meru. and it just—it's just such a great word to read, Meru. and um, so in preparation for this, I, I also downloaded the audio book, and uh, I can't remember who read the audio book, but yeah, their pronunciation of Ulyzmeru was just you know brilliant, and it's just like I want to—I want to change my name to uh, Ulyzmeru. Oh, that'd be cool. Hello and welcome to Sci fi Around the World. I'm L'Az Meru <laughs> No. No, I'm not gonna do that. But yeah, so that was just yeah, his name was just really cool. And just the whole book like the whole book is a highlight for me. It's it's a super easy read. It's like a two hundred page book. Um and you can just fly through it. It's it's just easy. There's nothing there's no hard science fiction. Uh, it's just, and you know, the rough premise already, everybody does. So yeah, it's just brilliant. I'm so, yeah, I'm going to just, um, but actual highlights. So Ulesmeru, great name. And towards the end of the book as the, as the story progresses and Ulesmeru, um, builds up a really strong relationship with one of the monkey scientists called Zira. And they become really close and she really admires him for his, his scientific life. Zira is, is, Zira is a female monkey and that's quite key to one of the highlights of, of, of the entire book for me. Um, it's also slightly one of the lowlights which I'll, I'll talk about after doing the highlights. I still think I should probably do lowlights first and then highlights because I don't like to to build something up and then drop it again but anyway that's what i'm doing today um so yeah they become really close um friends and she trusts him and they yeah they, they kind of plot and scheme and, and do things together but one of the greatest scenes um i'm going to read uh like i don't know a couple of paragraphs from page 194 which is you know like six pages it is it's bang on 200 pages so this is this is my favorite part in the whole book um and my favorite line he the the favorite line is is the very last line of what i'm going to say right where should we start we'll start there right he closes the door after me as i leave the room i am alone with zira and we take a few steps along the corridor zira i stop and take her in my arms she is upset as i am i see a tear coursing down her muzzle while we stand locked in a tight embrace. Ah, what matter this horrid material exterior? It is her soul that communes m- with mine. I shut my eyes as not to see this grotesque face made uglier still by emotion. I feel her shapeless body tremble against mine. I force myself to rub my cheek against hers. We are about to kiss like lovers, when she gives an instinctive start and thrusts me away with violence. While I stand there speechless, not knowing what attitude to adopt, she hides her head in her long hairy paws, and this hideous she monkey bursts into tears and announces in despair, Oh, darling, it's impossible. It's a shame, but I can't. I can't. You really are too unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cool. And it, it, it does highlight um, that this book was clearly written by a man, and like all the female uh, monkeys. Well, yeah, the female monkey obviously falls in love with him, but you know she can't kiss him because he's so ugly because he looks like a man. <laughs> I just think it's really cool. Um, yeah, and there's other bits of kind of misogyny in there and stuff, uh, which I might talk about in the in the lowlights of the book. But it's just yeah, it's just brilliant that this this she monkey pushes him away. You know the the. the the charming and intelligent uh man from another planet, you lise and she can turn him down and push him away and tell him that he's too unattractive. It's just oh yeah, it's 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 just a real cool highlight for me, that part. Um, which does kind of lead on slightly to the low lights. Um Yeah, oh of course she's gonna love him. He's he's like yeah this alien, this charming Frenchman. Um, yeah. And I guess the other low light is like the first contact when they first land, when Ulysse Meru and the professor, I can't remember the professor's name, Vincent. No, it wasn't Vincent. Um, so they crash and they, the, the first, creature they meet on the planet of soror was a naked woman (laughs) and it's just like oh come on it's just like oh yeah obviously she's super attractive and uh there's just like a really cringy part where you know he talks about her breasts and it's just like did you have to do that is that any part of the story and it isn't and it's just like And then you start thinking, Oh, it's a book of its time. Yeah. It was written in the sixties, but you know, there were plenty of progressive people in the sixties, not just wanting to talk about boobs and men being all heroic and even she monkeys from soror in the Beetlejuice system are going to fawn over this handsome man. It's just like, come on, be better, be better. There are plenty of people being better than that. Do it as well. Um, so that... It didn't really distract from the... It did distract from the book, actually. I'm going to say it didn't, but it did. When you kind of read those lines, you're just like, ugh. And it takes you out of the book. And the book is super easy and super flowing. And it's nicely paced. It's really cool. But then when when something like that is written about, you just you stop and go... Really? And it just throws you out of the the mode of the story. So yes, that is a low light, those bits. And and maybe... And, it, and maybe it did. Maybe it would have done. You know, 60 years ago. This book is exactly 60 years old. Cool. Yeah, it's 2023 when I'm recording this podcast. Um, Yeah, so... Any other low lights? Did I make any notes on low lights? Ah, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, there's a chapter again in the 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 book split into three. Um, I don't know what you call that. Three sections, and and in the third and final section, there's a chapter where it's just a big lament about the rise of monkey civilization, how they just they're just imitators. They haven't got original thoughts. They're just monkeys trying to be men, in the same way that you get the. You know, it used to be funny to dress up chimpanzees like humans and make them have tea parties and and stuff like that. And they're just, you teach a monkey to imitate. And there's this whole chapter where he's just spitballing about that's how the entire monkey civilization that he's found himself in has arisen. And it's just like, well, no, I think there's, there's more to the civilization than that, and I think that slightly demeaned that simian civilization. And I, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't on board with that. But that that was the Uli's Meru's thoughts, and they might not be accurate. They might not be right. That was just his um, observation. So I don't agree with it. Oh my God, I don't agree with Uli's Meru the man with the greatest name in the world. Not just the world, (laughs) the entire galaxy. Wow, the the systems of Betelgeuse and and our solar system. Wow. I just realized that I don't agree with him. Sorry, he's, sorry. Je regrette, je des, oh no, not despair. Oui, 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 je regrette. Je suis désolé, je suis désolé. (laughs) <laughs> Ulysse Meru. I'm sorry, I don't agree with you, Ulysse Meru. Um, the other weird thing in the book that, again, I couldn't quite get on board with was when Ulysse Meru was being shown around some of the scientific institutions by the monkeys. And one of the monkeys was a, a brain expert, a brain surgeon, and researching into how to stimulate parts of the brain to make people move and all this kind of stuff. And there's, um, uh, one of the monkey scientists is showing Ulysse Meru around and they're showing him the experiments they do on on humans that they've captured in the wild. And they're basically just poking them with electrodes and then just opening up their brain and just tasering their brains to make them do stuff. And there is absolutely zero empathy from the monkeys. You know, there's no Oh, you probably don't want to see this. Oh, this is quite horrific. And there was no like apologies and there was no it just seemed like they were an advanced civilization equal to probably the where the the place that humans were at in the nineteen fifties. You know, that that they've managed to launch um, satellites into space. You know, and they've got internal combustion, they've got Spe- um, aircrafts and and that kind of thing they're at that level of civilization so to think that they couldn't develop any sort of empathy seems seemed a little odd but yeah yeah and that's just yeah that's just I didn't like that and then yeah there's a whole bit about how he learns one of the twists in the stories is is again, through this electrolysis, electrocuting brains and stuff like that, not electrolysis, um, which was a bit weird and it tried to kind of do some hard science fiction at that point. And it, 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 it probably failed because this book is 60 years old and we've had 60 years of technological and medical advancements since then. Maybe it was a bit more believable back in the 60s. No, it wouldn't have been more believable in the 60s. I still think it would have been a bit weak in the 60s. That 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 plot device to kind of get everybody up to speed on where the civili- civilization is and where it came from. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And I don't think that bit's in any of the films. Maybe it is. I can't remember, I, but I don't think it is. So, yeah, they're the, my kind of lowlights. So now I feel bad that I seem to have done more lowlights than highlights. And and the, there are way more highlights than... Like, the book is really good. I really enjoyed it. Actually, no, that's wrong. I really enjoyed the book. I'm not going to say if it's good or not, because that's... that's um, that's for, that's for you to decide. That's for people who read it to decide. But I think it's good, and I enjoyed it. So some of the things I did enjoy were just plots that weren't developed anywhere. They just didn't go anywhere else. They just... Um, so, so it was like the, the other guy on the plane, I think it was uh, Professor Arnett, Arnett We'll call him Professor Arnett for now. So he... He got captured... And was put in a zoo. And was pretty much... He had reverted back to... So so on the planet, all the humans don't speak... And they they act like, yeah, like a monkey. You know, we would assume a chimpanzee to act like that. So this professor who was on the spaceship from Earth... Just gets captured and he gets... Uli's nephew finds him in a in a zoo, and puts him into better accommodation and stuff like that. Um, But that storyline just isn't progressed. We never find out what happens to him in the end, or anything. I was just like, okay. And in um, also in the spaceship, they they had their own chimpanzee called Hector. It wasn't yeah, it was Hector. And at the beginning, he's just, oh, no, no, damn it. You do find out where it is. His story just does end. He dies. Yeah, the beautiful woman with the, with the perky boobs that were pointing straight at them um, kills Hector the monkey. Ah, oh. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. Just <laughs> ruined <laughs> Hector the chimpanzee's uh, story up. It wasn't a very long one anyway. <laughs> it was only in there for a chapter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, one one storyline isn't isn't fully uh, finished off. Oh well, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a really nice book, um, and I'd recommend this to anyone. Uh, I mean, it's easy enough for. I mean, there there are some sex scenes, but not nothing graphic. Um violence, very little. So yeah, I think a teenager could quite happily read, could quite happily read this book as well. Um, yeah. Um, as far as how this ticks off, you know, the reason I started this project was to, you know, obviously try and read a book from a different country and try and feel that you know that person the, the author's heritage and the way they grew up would influence their book and in this case no it doesn't do that this could be written by an american author it could be written by a british author you know it's just you know it's clearly you know it's you know it's it feels like it's written yeah you know, it doesn't feel like this is particularly french um or or leans on any French culture that I can think of. So it definitely does not take any of those kind of reasons why I started this project, but I'm so glad I started this project just so that I got to read this book. So yeah, it, it kind of, it ticks a box for me. And um, what I'd really, really, really love to do is get my French, up to a much higher standard so that I could read this in French. I think that would be really, really enjoyable. Wow. That would be, yeah, my, my, you know, my spoken French is, is okay. But my written and kind of my reading French is, is, is much harder unless you can get, ah, oh, maybe I'll do that. You can get like half, half and half books. We'd have the English on the left and the French on the right. So that I could kind of do it that way, and that would probably help. But I have done. I did. <laughs> I was on. We were on. We were in holiday in um, France, and I took a couple of books with me, and I read them both, like almost instantly. And then we were there for two weeks, so I had the the second week without a book, which was really annoying. So I thought, oh, I'll go and find. I'll go. So I went round a few French, like local French bookstores, looking for science fiction books. And I thought, oh, if I could get like a a French science fiction book in French, that'd be really cool. And I found some Jules Verne, and then I kind of like flicked through the Jules Verne books and was just like, no, this is just too hard. This is too hard. I'm not going to... This is going to be a real struggle and I'm not going to enjoy this. And then I saw A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in French. I was like, perfect. I'm going to... Because like Douglas Adams is like A Hitchhiker's Guide and all the books in The Hitchhiker's Guide are some of my favourite books. They're my favourite science fiction books. So when I came across the French um, copy, I was like, brilliant. But the problem was because Douglas Adams, you know, his writing is so weird. And so um, there's so many made up words, you know, you can just spot and um, where you are in the in the book. And because I've read the books, you know, the, the English version so many times, when I was reading the French version, I found myself just skim reading it going, oh, I know what's happening here. And just like, you know, you know, absolutely running through the pages at a, a massive pace without actually doing any of the translation. You just see the term um, Vogon or Pangalactic Gargle Blaster or Zaphod Brox, and you know exactly where you are in, in the story, you know, you don't have to, you know, translate Norwegian fjord coastlines when, you know, the paragraphs talking about slarty Bartfast. fast. So yeah. So maybe reading, uh, Le Planète des Songes in French would be maybe too, too easy or maybe not. I don't know. I'll let you know if I ever, if my French ever improves enough and I find, and I get a copy, it's going to be easy to find, uh, and get a copy of, oh, maybe I'll do the audiobook. Oh, I should have got the French audiobook. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll see if I can get a copy of the French audio. That'll help my French. Yeah, anyway, I feel that I've gone, well, I'm still talking about books and I'm still talking about Planet of the Apes in French and in French audiobook. But I think I'm going to leave it there. I don't think I think I've covered all my notes. Yeah, final thoughts. Buy it. Oh, and just as a slight uh, admin note, I got a new uh, not speaker. I got a new microphone for this for this podcast. So hopefully the sound quality will be better on this one than it has been in the past. So thank you for listening to science fiction from around the world. I've been Andy Parry. And this music that you're listening to underneath my words is by my mate Daz. So thank you for Daz for sorting out us with uh, this sound. See you next time.